What is going on, guys? Welcome back to the Pixel Media YouTube channel. My name is Sean Bernard. As usual, I am back just one day after recording and dropping yesterday. I did just release an episode with my co-host James Brain where we talked about the status of the Sixers, touched on the Tobias Harris comments, uh, the two-way additions, and a couple other updates. Still a lot of good stuff in there that I recommend you guys check out. But I am back with some more meat and potatoes than I expected involving the Sixers. Fresh off the news that James Harden is opting into his player option and looking for a trade out of these Sixers to a contender. So I did cook up five trades that I think you guys will like. I'm excited to hear your thoughts on it. And without further ado, let's get into it. Sixers looking very focused in the second half. Maxi looking for more. He's got it! Daniel House will up and under on the lob and then flies in with the emphatic one-hand jam. All right, so we all knew that today was the day for James Harden to make his decision whether he would be opting in or out of his player option. I don't think there was any real concern. All these signs were pointing to a return for James Harden on a long-term deal. That seemed to be the perception of what was happening. This player option was pretty much drawn up as an insurance policy. It was not expected for him to opt into it since the second that he did sign that contract. This was looked at as the one-year, the quote-unquote pay cut for $35 million. Uh, and then looking for a long-term deal this offseason. That is where things seem to be trending towards going, where the expectation was with the market fizzling out, with the Rockets no longer seeming interested, with there just not that many high-volume or high-value offers for James Harden on the open market, he decided to think differently. And we get this report from Shams Sharania right before the 5 o'clock deadline, which is when James Harden made that decision. And per Shams, he said, Justin, James Harden is opting into his $35.6 million deal for next season in order for the 10-time All-Star and the 76ers to work together on a trade out of Philadelphia League, sources tell The Athletic and Stadium. So pretty big news and a pretty notable, I guess, change to the Sixers plan here that there is no longer run it back with James Harden and Joel Embiid as the centerpieces. James Harden wants his way out. And in some regards, this could be best case scenario for the Sixers. So to dive into exactly why, the pros of this is the biggest threat to losing James Harden. And the reason I think so many of us were back into the corner thinking like, whatever, I guess he'll bring him, we'll bring him back. I guess it's the best option is because if James Harden were to leave in free agency, the Sixers just lose that money. They lose that max slot. They would have about $12 million to play with if he had walked under the salary cap. You cannot get a player in, remotely in the caliber of James Harden's vicinity with that $12 million. By him doing this, him opting in, him working with the trade, they do have a chance to, quote unquote, like keep that, that I guess, section or, or value or however you want to word it. That amount of salary will now be locked in and we can find that in a trade. We can outsource that for a better option in that way. So this does help these Sixers out in that regard. Now, on the negative side of things, James Harden could have straight up been signed by anyone in the NBA. He was a free agent. He could have opted out and just seen, his, uh, seen him a market value deal come his way. That very clearly points to there not being that much of a market. And now, in James Harden's defense here, and I will point this out, that you can surely make the argument that James Harden was exactly who he was asked to be last year, that he did fill the role that Doc Rivers asked. He led the NBA in assists per game. He was a 20-10 and 10 guy. He had two games in the playoffs where he scored 40-plus points, basically put these Sixers on his back for those two games. But we still have that bad taste in our mouth from the other games that we saw, and that is the duality of James Harden, the issue that the highs of the high are absolutely there. And that's been the struggle of when he's playing his best basketball, 
He's the exact version of a player that the Sixers are missing and that they have lacked. But when he's playing his worst basketball, you simply cannot win games with him on the floor. And we're not talking about like a poor shooting game, a poor game. We're talking about like finishing game with like five points, nine turnovers and shooting five or shooting three for 17 from the field. Those are the bad James Harden nights. And we see him barely crossing over the half court, bad turnovers, sloppy, not looking like he cares. We see that version way too often. And that is the issue that I think that's why everyone feels so hesitant and why this might be the best case scenario is the Sixers can now find a way to get off James Harden while getting better. So I guess we will dive right into it at the top here. Those are my initial thoughts on it. And I rank these five through one. So this, not in terms of how likely I think they are to happen. I think there's going to be a ton of moving parts. And I think this is going to stretch out longer than people expect. I don't expect a immediate solution to this James Harden deal. I am thankful that there does seem to be the relationship with James Harden and Daryl Morey. I was concerned that this was going to be the blind spot in Morey, that we know how close they are. They probably have a a more tied legacy than any player and general manager ever. If you think back to Daryl Morey made his first all-in trade when running the Houston Rockets for James Harden. We're talking about when this guy was still a six-man, that he was by no means the all-star, the superstar that he has grown into. That was uh, Daryl Morey's gamble back then of, I think this guy can be awesome. And to both of their credits, he did become all-star. Awesome. He did become an all-star. He did become an MVP. He's all of these things. He's one of the 75 best players to ever play basketball. I was concerned that blind spot would uh, hurt Daryl Morey in this scenario that he would just be willing to hand over more money than he probably was worth. My expectation was in the like four-year, $180 million range. That's kind of the vibes that I was getting, not what I personally would have signed up for, but kind of what I was expecting. So I'm glad that the the favorable relationship worked in the other way, that James Harden would say, okay, I'll do you a solid. Let's get us both what we want. I want to play on a different contender. I don't want to be here. I don't see my role here. I'm not a, long, a part of the long-term plan. Let's figure this out, and I'm helping the Sixers out in a better way. So I guess shout out to James Harden in that regard. So without further ado, let's dive into the trades here. All right. Number five here, and this is one that we shouldn't get too jumping for joy about. I understand the frustration right off the rip. This is in a world where there is not that superstar swing, that these Sixers cannot find a guy to properly replace James Harden with. And this is kind of one of those, you take your bearings, you swallow it, and you set yourself up for a better long-term future. This is a three-team trade between the 76ers, the New York Knicks, and the Pacers. The Knicks and the Clippers seem to be the top two teams rumored to be involved. I'll talk about both of them a little bit in depth in this one. The Heat also seem to be sticking their nose in the mix. But for this trade specifically, this is a retool. You bring back assets. And maybe it is the world where we need to get Joel Embiid a more complete team around him. Maybe it's time that we got to stop looking for the superstar pairing. That That's just not what, it get us, not what gets the job done. We can tell that the NBA is trending back towards team basketball, which I think is awesome to see. This is kind of one of those swings. So if we want to break it down here, the Sixers send James Harden to the Knicks. They send Tobias Harris to the Pacers. And they walk away with R.J. Barrett, Buddy Heald, T.J. McConnell, Obi Toppin, Emmanuel Quickly, and a 2024 first-round pick. It should be noted the Knicks have four first-round picks in next year's draft, so I think they will be a little liberal with the distribution of those, and I think that's a team that would be willing to throw some draft capital. This is not a trade that I immediately am ready to start playing the parade down Broad Street next offseason, but this is one that gives the Sixers a ton more flexibility. You can build, still build a more well-rounded roster, I think one of the biggest storylines going into next season, regardless of how this trade comes out, and the Sixers should have a better feel with this inside the inside the uh, vicinity of the organization, what is Tyrese Maxey's long-term role? 
Is he the guy that's going to sway toward being a point guard, can run an offense? If that is the world, then you're looking for these high-level high athletic wings, these switchable guys, the R.J. Barrett's of the world. I'm not an R.J. Barrett guy. I don't think he is that great, but he is a guy still worth a swing, has potential, has the pedigree. Surrounding that with a guy like Buddy Heald, who's been an, an almost sixer for several years now, would be a phenomenal floor spacer, a high-volume high, uh, high volume and effective three-point shooter. Uh, Emmanuel quickly would... Uh, be a super fun backcourt partner with Maxi. We know the two Kentucky uh, know each other from back then, as well as just some more flexibility. So you had the first round pick. I don't love this trade. This isn't one that makes me feel great, but this is something I feel is pretty realistic. And that if there is no star on the table or Daryl Moy does not see a version of that trade manifesting itself, the other factor that I think should be weighed in this is how civil are those conversations between James Harden and Daryl Moy? Is this James Harden saying, I'm opt in, but you have to get this job done, or I'm going to be throwing a hissy fit and quitting in the same way that I did in Brooklyn and the same way I did in Houston because we've seen it we've seen the games where to Harden's credit he has still showed up and played unlike the Ben Simmons saga that the Sixers lived through but we've seen him not care at all through the games we've seen him walk around stumble around and, and play his like James Harden fat man basketball where he really does not care at all so the Sixers if that is the case need to get ahead of the curb and make sure that they get a trade without that happening. So I think this is one of the more likely and, and possible last resorts that does set them up for an okay future. Now, I'm much more happy about a deal that sets them up for, as a true championship contender. So I think the other four do a better job of accomplishing that. So let's dive into number four here. All right, and we have another three-team trade here. This is with the Sixers, Atlanta Hawks, and the Clippers. This trade does land James Harden with the Los Angeles Clippers, along with Furkan Korkmaz to help make the money work here. The Hawks are walking with Tobias Harris and a 2029 first-round pick from the Sixers in that trade. And in return, the Sixers come back with Paul George, DeAndre Hunter, and DeJounte Murray. Now, this trade only works. I think there's more moving parts within the Hawks organization than have really been uh, publicly reported. I think there's a real chance that there's a Trey Young blow up and things are not trending in the right direction. If that is the case, then the Sixers should look to swoop in. I don't love the DeJounte Murray. To be honest, he's been a guy that I've been pretty on top of being overrated throughout his career. But I do think he could be an interesting backcourt partner with Maxi that he can still do a little playmaking. He's got enough size to take on some better defenders. He's between the 6'4", 6'6", range. I've seen him listed at 6'4", but he honestly looks bigger than that he is a little lanky so he's not taking the bigger stronger guys but regardless deandre hunter is a, a philly kid a guy that the hawks have talked about wanting to get off the contract he's an interesting player in the regard that like he leaves me wanting a little more he's got the archetype and, and has the money to dictate that he should be like a high volume uh con contributor he really hasn't become that or grown into that in the way they, they hope but of course the prize of this trade is paul george and when we get into the Clippers conversation, there's plenty of nice pieces around the edges. The Nick Batums, the Marcus Morris, Robert Covington, Terrence Mann. For me, I'm locked in on Paul George or Kawhi Leonard if there is a James Harden trade. Yes, they might be trying to look up, set up a big three and create that. I just don't love it. I, I don't love pulling the trigger with the Clippers unless you're getting one of these two guys. And I do believe that the Clippers could be talked into it, that I can see the Clippers thinking that this has run their course, that Paul George and Kawhi Leonard, who neither one of them have played 60 games during their time with the uh, during their time in Los Angeles. It's time to blow it up that, that we've seen this cycle. We've seen it. We've thought one more year, like four times now. It's time to get some change. And I think that's why they want to bring James Harden in. But I also think that's why they could be sending one of these guys out now to switch gears, move to trade number three. 
Finally, we see the Dame Lillard trade. I think we might finally see the offseason in which Dame Lillard is traded out of Portland. I know, I, I mean, I, there's a new update every day. You don't even have to be in the loop to be hearing what's going on with Dame Lillard and his people. But this is the type of deal that I could see getting the job done. This does same, send Dame Lillard to the Sixers. Uh, the Trailblazers get their rebuilding package uh, centered around Kevin Porter Jr., Alperin Shingoon. DeAnthony Melton, they get a first round pick from both the Rockets and the Sixers to add to that mix. And they still have their young core that honestly should be their their main focus right now is seeing what they have in Scoot Henderson, what they have in Shaden Hart Sharp, what they have in Anthony Simons, who are all guys that I honestly really like as players. And this feels like the time for Portland to blow it up. They finally have the track, the the next generation starting to establish themselves, send Dame out of there, send him to Philly. And, and of course, in this situation, this would have to involve the Rockets being genuinely interested in James Harden. I really haven't bought it from start to finish. I, I think this has been more of a tactic to drive up his price range, clearly an ineffective tactic from Harden's camp. But if there is that real interest, which many people have reported to be the case, this is one that will get him there without the Rockets giving up too much. If you look at this from an individual standpoint here, the Sixers are basically trading James Harden, DeAnthony Melton, a first round pick for Dame Lillard. You do that. The Rockets are trading Kevin Porter Jr., Alperin Shingoon, and a first-round pick for James Harden. That's not a bad price there. Neither one of these guys are a firm part of their long-term core, but they are still enticing young players. I've honestly been disappointed the way Shingoon does not get an opportunity. I really like his game. I would like him to find a new home where he's more of a, a focal point of that centerpiece. I think he's going to be really good. Uh, and from the Trailblazers' perspective, you're sending out Dame Lillard, and you get this rebuilding package. That's pretty solid. You get Kevin Porter Jr., you get Alperin Shingoon, you get DeAnthony Milton, you pick up two additional first-round picks. So we've seen these mega packages kind of taking a little bit of a step back in terms of the the value returning. I think the Rudy Gobert trade kind of broke the market and caused a, a reset there. Uh, so things are coming a little bit back to earth. This is kind of in the vicinity of a trade that I could see working for all sides. And to address the Dame Lillard specifically, I do want to start with like, I'm a little bit over the Dame Lillard experience, and it's by through no fault of Dame. I mean, through some fault of Dame because he does hop on the Instagram live. He does play Miami Knights or whatever in the background and bring this on. But Dame Lillard, you still got to think about what he is as a player. And when you compare him to James Harden, I feel significantly just better about the Sixers' chances if Dame Lillard is that guy. Now, granted, like I mentioned at the start, James Harden at his best is the exact type of player the Sixers need. We just don't get it enough. And I, I'm much more confident in Dame Lillard to bring it on all seven games in a seven-game series. And we've seen Dame Lillard step up in big moments in a way that, frankly, the track record of James Harden just does not. So I don't love it. This is still a narrow window to win, but this is the type of move that I think the Sixers, if it is on the table, should look to do and, frankly, could result in a, a championship. So don't rule out Dame Lillard to Philly. I think this is the, the final chance at it. Let's switch gears to my number two trade. All right, my number two trade, simple trade here, two-team deal between the Sixers and Knicks. The Knicks, of course, have shown interest uh, in James Harden, one of the top reported teams. This is a trade that I don't see as one of the more likely. I think the Knicks would be very dumb to do this trade, but if there's a way that they can get the job done, if they're that allured by the James Harden name, you should absolutely look to capitalize on it. And at the top of the list coming back to the Sixers is Jalen Brunson. Beyond that, R.J. Barrett in a 2024 first. If you, if there is any world where the Sixers can get their hands on Jalen Brunson and a swap for James Harden, you absolutely do it. Jalen Brunson is a winner. He's a dog. He's a guy who has stepped up in two straight postseasons. He he just has all the the winning attitude, the winning mentality that you look for. And he, and he is that guy. He's still only 26 years old. He's still growing. He's got local ties. He and he checks just about every box that you could possibly hope for. And a guy that I trust my organization to be carried by. He should be kept under wraps by the Knicks. I'd be surprised if they 
are willing to include him. There's not a ton that entices me beyond that. Like I said, I'm not a huge RJ Barrett guy, even though he is coming in that deal. Uh, and in this, to to just put it on the table, these Sixers sending out James Harden, DeAnthony Milton, Jaden Springer, and a 2029 first. As far as the first round picks uh, come, I did want to note the Knicks have four first round picks in next year's draft. So I do think it just makes sense to to swap trade swap picks in that to give them a little more flexibility. You just don't need four swings at the apple in one draft, especially one that's going to be a little lackluster in talent. So spread things out, move it down the line. And I, I think that's one that makes sense. So not a ton about the draft picks there. But yeah, if Jalen Brunson is remotely on the table, the Sixers should be jumping all over that. I would hope the Knicks are a little smarter than that. And I've also seen the whispers of the Knicks holding out hope that Joel Embiid will become available. I know there's some ties between the, the agency and front office and a, uh, a couple other just connections in that regard. So I could see the Knicks kind of looking in a world where they're not trying to help the Sixers significantly with this deal. Jalen Brunson's a superstar. He's a guy that is on one of the best contracts in the NBA, which is awesome to say after all that criticism about him being overpaid. But he's the man. If he can become available, I'm all about these Sixers jumping on it. I don't expect that to be the case, but I do rank it as number two because that is how highly I think of him and how important I think he can be in a playoff series. Let's shift gears. Number one, my best trade, the best case scenario for the Sixers would be this deal right here. So three-team trade, I have the Sixers, Chicago Bulls, and Los Angeles Clippers involved. I do think the Clippers are where James Harden is going to end up. That, that to me, is what makes the most sense, what most signs are pointing to. I think if he had hit the open market, and this is where all the contract stuff kind of comes into play, that they did not have enough money to offer him. They are in some luxury tax trouble. We saw them uh, decline Eric Gordon's player option because of that to save money, even though he's only got 20 mil on the books with that deal, saved them over $100 million. So they're in some salary cap trouble. This is the clearest route to James Harden getting to Los Angeles, which I think is a firm reason why he opted in. Now, for this trade specifically, I have these Sixers walking away with Paul George and DeMar DeRozan. Think about a starting five of Tyrese Maxey, DeMar DeRozan, Paul George, P.J. Tucker, and Joel Embiid. That is a championship contender. That is the best team that we have seen in the Sixers era, and I am all about that. Now, looking at the other side of things, the Bulls walking away with Tobias Harris and Jaden Springer, the Clippers getting James Harden and a 2029 first. So as I like to do in three-team deals, if you just break this down team by team, so the Sixers sending out James Harden, Tobias Harris, Jaden Springer, and a first-round pick. It's a lot, but you do walk away with Paul George and DeMar DeRozan. I love it. This is the type of swing they should be taking. The Bulls send away DeMar DeRozan. They walk back with Tobias Harris and Jaden Springer. You get some more cap room to clear. You get a potential young piece that could be interested in. I do think Jaden Springer is a fit with the, the type of players that they are building there. I think it would be very fun to watch next to Dalen Terry, even Io DeZumna. Uh, even uh, Patrick Williams, I think, kind of fits that mold of defensive-minded style of players who have that energy, have that buzz about them. I think Springer's kind of hype is starting to grow a little bit. I hope we get to see him in summer league where we can get a look. It should be, it should not be forgotten. And this guy should not be written off that he is by no means no bust. He was drafted at 18 years old. He's younger than a lot of rookies in this year's class. So this will be the year where we can start to judge what we think of Jaden Springer. I wouldn't be surprised if teams kind of look at him as a buy low target. And lastly, the Clippers in this trade, they send away Paul George. They walk away with James Harden and a first round pick. I think they feel pretty good about that. So this is my ideal trade. As far as how things shake out, you got to be looking to complete the roster. And one of the things that I did want to mention, and I know I brought it up a little bit early, but how you feel about Tyrese Maxey as a point guard is something that should be looking at how you shape. I think the Sixers have to be in the market looking for a wing first. Uh, if the Clippers want to, are more, more likely to trade Kawhi Leonard, I could be talked into that as well. It should be noted that Kawhi Leonard would be a full-out rental. He'd be here for one season and likely walk, do whatever he, Kawhi Leonard wants to do. 
But just think about the last time that a team did that. That was the Toronto Raptors, and they won a championship that year, and Nick Nurse was their head coach. So there is a decent track record there. There is some experience, and I could be talking that as well. But as I mentioned with the Maxi thing, by getting these wings, you're taking the gamble that he's ready to take on those playmaking responsibilities. We haven't seen it from him ever, even dating back to college. Like That just hasn't been his style. He's been a scorer, but I'm done putting a ceiling on what this kid could be. That Anytime he's challenged, anytime he's asked to improve in an area, he just straight up does it. So if you believe he can take on those roles as a point guard, as a playmaker, then go get a wing and make sure that it happened. If that is not the case, then I think they're more likely to take a look at a Jalen Brunson type, to take a look at a DeJounte Murray type. Those type of team type of deals might make more sense from the Sixers perspective. Me, I think it's a wing driven league at this point. I think the Sixers not having a guy that can just be dominant and score from the perimeter and have that size and like a DeMar DeRozan, like a Paul George, like a Kawhi Leonard. Tobias Harris is just not the assassin scorer that he believes he is. They need to get a guy like that. So I would rather take the gamble of Maxi being uh, capable of that. And regardless of what trades, I do want a veteran point guard brought in in addition. That's not a high value guy. This is a guy around the edges, you know, a veteran guy, whether it's Kyle Lowry getting bought out somewhere in that kind of mold of just a guy that has been around the block a bunch, knows how to run an offense, can come, come in and settle things down. You can always find guys like that, especially at the tail end of the point guard career. So that is going to be something worried about down the line. Now, I did want to touch on my last point here is we sat back a year and a half ago at this point, talked about the Ben Simmons trade and said how this was the most important trade of the Sixers era, that this would make or break the Joel Embiid championship window. Well, we were wrong because we are here right now. And I will straight up tell you that this trade is even more important than that. And to Daryl Moy's credit, he did win that deal, regardless of your thoughts of James Harden, whether you like him as a player, hate his style of play anything in between, you can't argue that James Harden gave the Sixers a better chance at contending for a title more than Ben Simmons, even his best, had ever done. So give Maury credit there, and now it is on him once again. Daryl Maury was brought in to be this guy, this out-of-the-box thinker, this front office expert ready to take this team over the edge. It is now time to show that. So this now, credit to James Harden for opting in, for working with the Sixers. There does seem to be some good faith negotiation and things working out here but it all comes down to how this deal shakes out. I'm interested to see if these Sixers try and look at this as one trade or two, how involved Tobias Harris is. It's purely going to come down to what deals are on the table. If there is the level of blockbuster, such as those three team trades where you're walking away with like a Paul George and a DeMar DeRozan, I think it absolutely makes sense to include Tobias. But I also think that there's a world where you push everything, push Tobias to the side, just focus on trading James Harden, and then look for a later deal where you're getting the pieces, where it's an, an all-in trade, whether you're getting a, you know, James Harden and, and pieces for a Paul George, and then look for a separate trade with Tobias Harris where you complete the team, where you get those complimentary role guys. That also makes sense to me. But for now, we are at the mercy of what Daryl Morey will do. It is up to him. This is now the most important trade. If this one goes awry, and I feel like we've said this before, but if this trade is not one that elevates this roster, I do think it will be the end of the Joel Embiid era. So the ball is in Daryl Morey's court. It is up to him to check up and play ball, and we will see how things shake out. Appreciate all you guys for tuning in. Make sure to drop a like uh, on this video. Subscribe on the channel. Drop me a couple comments of your guys' trades, what you think, what some targets you're looking at, and what your kind of just outlook is as a whole on the James Harden. So appreciate you guys for tuning in once again. Peace.